Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author, educator, coach, and entrepreneur, Chancellor Jackson. He's a busy and creative force. He's currently promoting his book, 14 Days in Beijing. It's a riveting tale of his experience being locked up abroad in China. Writing is certainly a late hobby of his. He gets into this and so much more about his life and where he's going. Enjoy this interview. Mr. Jackson. Yes, sir. Joe Domino, how you doing, man? Hey, man, can't complain. How about you? Hey, everything. I love your first name, man. Chancellor Jackson. That's a great handle. I appreciate it. My mama went crazy. <laughs> it. Hey, man. Well, hey, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for taking a minute out today. And I want to start everything off here before we get into your life and, and how you've arrived at where you're at. You know, we've gone through quite a time with COVID over the last couple of years with the pandemic, and I'm curious. With everything that you do, how did you survive through it, and how did it change you now that the world kind of started to open up? See, really, once everything, once the pandemic popped off and everything started to shut down, especially in America, that was really the best thing that could have happened for my initial book um, release because the setting of the book takes place in China where COVID originated, and then I got a mask on in the uh, on the cover and everything, so it was just perfect time. And then with the world being shut down, if folks are just in the house, they got we got a lot of free time, a lot more free time on their hands. So perfect time to read a book. Um, so I feel like the pandemic definitely played in my favor in that aspect, because um, it even says there's so many people at home and just on their phones. So. The marketing, I didn't really do too much marketing. At least I didn't do nothing extravagant. All I did was just change my tags and just started posting pictures of the photo shoot that I did to capture the book cover with just deep captions. And I mean, the, the cover, the pictures are very provoking and like engaging because your kids are like, what do this man got going on? He got his mask on. He got this, this sign in his hand. He got handcuffs on. What's going on here? But, um, yeah, so once I, I um I released Fourteen Days of Beijing, the very first book of the short story series, I knew, and I was you know what I'm saying I was uh, ranked the number one new bestseller in like three different genres, so I was still on pre-sale. So I was like, oh yeah, we got something going, <laughs> like we got something good on our hands. So um, yeah. just kept, kept that momentum rolling, and I was just able to just. Locked in solely on 14 Days in Beijing and put all my energy and efforts towards that. And I continue to rank number one, you know what I'm saying, as time progresses. And I released the entire story as a series, a short story series. So it was five books that I broke the entire story up into. Um, and I released it throughout the rest of that year, just periodically. Um, so it was just great momentum all in all. Just versus me just dropping the book and the whole book the first time and <laughs> that's just it. You know what I'm saying? That's all you hear from it. It was just it was just good just as far as strategy, you know what I'm saying? Strategizing how to go about releasing the uh the book and the project and stuff like that. Well yeah, I downloaded it. I have Kindle Unlimited so I downloaded it and started reading it. So um I didn't have enough time to finish it. So I may have some questions I'll send over to you. But uh yeah, it's it's good look. I mean it's like it's like it fell into the right time with the mask and everything that's going on. It's, uh, you know, you got China and I mean, everything's timely. It's, uh, it's a hot topic. Um, I'm curious in your capacity with what you do. I mean, I see on paper what you do, but let's 
take you in front of a group of grade school kids for a career day, and a kid looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living, and how are you qualified to do it? How would you answer them? Really, I'm a jack of all trades, you know what I'm saying? You'd be successful, especially entrepreneur, you want financial freedom. Um, at least you want to start working towards you got to have multiple streams of income. You just can't have one thing going on, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I got so, much, so many different things going on. But the reason why I got so many different things going on is because once football came to an end for me, all right, Chance, what is next? Who are you? What's, you know what I'm saying? What's your purpose? What do you enjoy out of life? What do you want out of life? You know what I'm saying? So um, that's what it, that's would be my motivation or just my words of wisdom to that young child is to learn yourself truly. You know what I'm saying? So when it's time for you to become an adult, you have a better idea of what career fields or, you know what I'm saying, will best fit you. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't really wasting your time in something that, Ain't really for you, or you know what I'm saying? Ain't gonna serve no true purpose. It's not fulfilling your purpose. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's why everything I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm still teaching, still coaching football, writing books, coaching other people through the publishing process. Um, I got a car rental business. I've written cars out through on Turo, um, and life coach as well to at risk teens that you know what I'm saying? Uh, that I'm partnered with that I work with through this nonprofit that I'm partnering with. Just, you know what I'm saying, just knowing that your grind must diversify if you, t- if you intend to survive, you know what I'm saying? Change is inevitable. We never know what might happen, you know what I'm saying? Pandemic showed us that firsthand. So just being able to roll with the punches, you know what I'm saying, and be adaptable. 100%, yeah. So you obviously are a very highly driven, motivated person. I'm curious with what you do with helping at-risk at-risk youth and being a coach, you have to give a lot out. You have to be almost a role model and someone that people look up to and take the advice of. How do you balance that with needing to take care of yourself? Because you clearly have to give, but you also have to take care of yourself. How do you balance that? Everything must come to balance. Everything must come to balance. So. It don't matter what type of day I've had. I, you know what I'm saying? Uh, how many things I've had to do, or how many people I've engaged with, I always make sure. I even sacrifice sleep. Like I always make sure that I have some me time. I take that time to just myself, just to unwind and just collect my thoughts, to gather my thoughts, and just sit and just really just chill. You know what I'm saying? Just scroll through the phone, or you know what I'm saying? Play the game, or watch something on YouTube or something like that, you know what I'm saying? I just take that time just to to myself for show sure, just to reflect on the day and everything of where I'm at right now and what all I want to accomplish and what steps do I need to take moving forward, you know what I'm saying, for you know what I'm saying, tomorrow. Or at least you know and when I say for tomorrow just like as you know what I'm saying, it's a quote says we grind it for tomorrow, like it's a metaphor, we grind it for tomorrow. Like the work that we putting in right now is will carry over into the future and will you know what I'm saying be preparation. It's pretty much preparation for what's in store. So just all in all just you know what I'm saying, you got to have your me time. You got to. <laughs> you have to, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you can't really get it in your house because you got too many people, I mean you gotta figure something out, my boy. You gotta take you a vacation or 
you know what I'm saying, go on a little drive, something, you know what I'm saying, find, find something that's therapeutic for you and works for you. Absolutely. So speaking of the future, that investment, the future, talk to me a little bit about where you were born and raised and how you got this, this motivation in you to, you know, you you got a lot going on as a coach, as an author, you know, helping people out. How did all this begin for you? Um, Really, Um, so I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, born and raised, I played football the vast majority of my life. So throughout high school, and was able to play at the secondary level um, at Stetson University down in Florida, where I got my bachelor's degree in communication and media studies. And once football came to an end, like after my last college football game, that's when the journey began. <laughs> like, because now I'm like, all right. I've identified as a football player and as a student athlete and embodied it to the fullest for a good portion of my life. And now this is, this is no longer the case. So now I'm just at this crossroad of having to re-identify myself. Like, all right, I don't know who I am at this point or, you know what I'm saying, what, who I'm going to be, what I want to be, you know what I'm saying. I, don't, I have no clue, but I know i got to start somewhere. So I just started applying for random, you know what I'm saying, basic corporate jobs, um, sales, marketing, management, stuff like that. And I was landing interviews, you know what I'm saying? I was getting flown out, put up hotels, the whole nine. But I just couldn't land an actual job, you know what I'm saying? I did this for about eight months straight. And I done graduated, I'm back home and everything. I was just like, man, like, but I ain't do everything the textbook way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't do everything the right way. For me to just end up with, you know what I'm saying, the short end of the stick, like, something ain't right, bro. I, something ain't right. I got I to gotta change something. I got to fix something. I got to go about something, go about this job thing differently or something because clearly the corporate ain't working for me, bro. Like, you've been trying that, trying at it for months now, and it ain't it ain't looking up. So I got to take a – I got to reapproach this, this job searching thing. So I started to – think about what was I really good at and I was talking to people, working with people. Um, so that's, I just typed in social work and searching <laughs> and just hit enter, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going through the whole entire list just trying to see what opportunities are out there that I feel that I could fulfill most importantly um, even though I didn't have any experience for real. So I came across the opportunity to teach English and China. It sounded intriguing. The requirements were minimal. So I applied and I got the job. This is the first job to tell me yes. So, you know what I'm saying? That's how I ended up out there. And it took everything that transpired. You know what I'm saying? Going out there, living out there, and enjoying, you know what I'm saying? Go through that whole experience, then getting locked up, coming back home. Back to square one all over again. Got to re refine myself all over again. And but it was from going to China that led me to finding myself and my purpose. And you know what I'm saying, get gaining the idea of what it is that I'm good at, um, and what it is that I can do as far as a career. You know what I'm saying. And that's one of the hardest things for real, for real. If you ain't really putting those, if you really don't know what you want to do. It's, hey, man, that's a slippery slope right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Slippery. Yeah. 
you, you know what I find interesting about your story? A couple of things. You know, I'm a, I'm a recovering sports journalist, but I remember one time we had a guy that came in, and he uh, it was career day, and he walked up to the board, and he wrote this long number out. It was like point zero 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 seven three four. And he looked over at everybody and said, what do you think that number means? And we all just kind of looked dumbly around. And he said, that's the, that's the amount of people that actually make it to a professional sport. Just illuminating that fact. And I find what's interesting with you is years ago, when I was kind of at a crossroads in my life trying to figure out what I was going to do, I ended up taking a job because my background is IT, and I ran a couple computer labs in some pretty hardcore, at-risk urban areas of Kansas City. And I teamed up with a cat named Phil. He's one of my best friends, and he played college football for Oklahoma, and he was a big guy. And he put all of his eggs in the basket. He just he saw himself in the NFL, and that was what he was going to do. And I hear with your story about how ultimately – I don't know that people think about that that much. When you are driven, and that's what you think about, you're going to be a professional athlete. It doesn't pan out. That's quite a jolt. And when you have to get reacclimated to life, that's a pretty big deal, man. Oh, me? No, for real. And I've witnessed friends and peers, like, when there's time for them to hang up the cleats, because football comes to an end eventually for everybody. Some a whole lot sooner than others. Um, you know what I'm saying, get to play a very, very, very long time, you know what I'm saying, but eventually it comes to an end. Um, but when it does come to an end, depending on how it comes to an end, depending, like, you may have, you might just be like, just step, want to step away from it, and that's that's okay. For others, they are forced to step away from it due to injury or circumstance or whatever the case may be. So when it is taken away from you, when you weren't ready for it to be over with, that's when I feel like your the response, your the individual's response can go fifty fifty. How they respond to that situation, it can go fifty fifty. Even then, you see what I'm saying, it could be like on the same type of time as me. You know what I'm saying? It was just time. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, you know what I'm saying, you did you did it, you know what I'm saying, until the wheels fell off and here, you know what I'm saying, now it's over with. But still, still a rude awakening. It don't matter if it happens to you at 14 years old or if you're 20-something years old. It's still a rude awakening. I feel like it's worse when you're 20-something years old because you're already in adulthood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's easy to you know what I'm saying, somewhat navigate while you're still a teenager because you can still, you know what I'm saying, you still got plenty of time to figure. You find other endeavors, you know what I'm saying, before you even enter the real world for real. Yeah, I, the one thing that was great about Phil was that he was a huge dude, so those kids did not play. If he came out and said something, they stepped in the line real quick. So yeah. he could use, he, you know, he could use that. But the one thing I did see on the other side, which was interesting, and again, it's another thing that people don't understand about athletes, is that he spent years putting all of this muscle on his own, and it was really hard for him to move around. I mean, it got to the point, and man, he was only in his like late twenties, but he was like. You know, things like arthritis, just really hard on your joints because you're carrying mm. so much muscle. You know, things that these regular civilians don't think about with people, you know, with athletes and whatnot. I mean, sometimes I remember um, years ago, I remember Barry Sanders was getting interviewed on one of those ESPN Sunday night things. And Barry was so good at what he did. And they were like, how do you feel on Monday morning after you've had a, a, a good game? He was like, dude, it's like you've been in multiple car crashes. It literally takes you a week to recover. 
I said, yeah, on me. So, <laughs> man, he played running back too, so he's pretty much, you know what I'm saying? They, man, running back, you yeah. get stacked up, boy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, and it's just things that we just don't think about. But um, I'm curious with you, you know, you play a role of being a role model and a hero for people. I'm curious for you, who would you consider a role model or a hero in your life? Um, my mama, for sure. Um, cause she raised, she raised me and my brother. Um, and then aside from her, I say Nipsey Hussle, RIP to him. He's a rapper from South Central Los Angeles, but he was a gang member, wrote a 60s script. Um, he had got out of jail in like 2008 and, you know what I'm saying, vowed to change his life. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't going, going to go back, he wasn't going to revert back to, you know what I'm saying, being incarcerated and all that other stuff. So he's like, shit, I'm going to take it upon myself to create the reality that I want. He was all—he was always a hustler, you know what I'm saying? That's why his last name, Hustler. He was always a hustler. But just taking that, all those skills from being out there in the streets and just, you know what I'm saying, running up a bag, he took that same approach, but applied it to something legal. So that's when he started rapping. Um, him and his brother put up, you know what I'm saying, went in on studio equipment. They both put up 10K each and bought studio equipment. And then he started his clothing brand, um, The Marathon. And he calls, he equates life to, you know what I'm saying, uh, like a mar- it's like a marathon. His life is long. It's, <laughs> it's going to be hard. You got And it's a continuous grind, you know what I'm saying? But with your 10 toes to the ground, you got to keep going. You got to keep running until you reach that victory lap. Um, so just, you know what I'm saying, pushing his music and pushing his clothing brand and then other business ventures, business, uh, business ventures, he had plenty of real estate. Um, he owned, uh, different restaurants and stuff like that, all in the same, on the same block he grew up on. He did all this on the same block he grew up on. And then he ended up getting killed on the same exact block. He did, he created all of that. If people go to LA now, Slauson and, uh, Slauson and Crenshaw. If you're if you conscious and you woke, you did that's a tourist attraction now. You know what I'm saying? It's like going to Venice Beach. You got to pull up to the Marathon store just because. You know what I'm saying? So, Nipsey Hussle is definitely a huge, huge influence, and I quote him a lot in all of my interviews and my books. You know what I'm saying? I reference him a lot. So let me ask you this: If you could meet one person alive on the planet, and you may have already answered it, but I just want to ask: Who would it be? Who would you love to talk to? Mm, alive. I say definitely meet Nipsey. Chop it up with him. Um, Jay Z and Rick Ross and Master right P on. as well. Master P. All of them, you know what I'm saying? They are musicians, but they not just musicians. <laughs> like these these businessmen on top of that, you know what I'm saying? They got multiple, multiple streams of income. So Definitely tap in with all of them. See, just soak up whatever game I can get. So let me ask you this: based on what you've lived and learned in your life, you know, and this is about this isn't about regret. This question it's about if you have a dream tonight, and you run to your younger version. You know, maybe right when you were getting ready to go to college or you got out, and you could give your younger version one piece of advice based on what you've gained over your life, the wisdom that you've accumulated. What would you tell your younger version? So I would definitely tell myself, hey, bro, start writing and journaling. Because I had no clue how good of a storyteller I was until I wrote 14 Days in Beijing. 
So that was just a hidden talent that I just found late, you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying, it took that whole circumstance getting locked in Beijing just to discover it. So, but I'll definitely tell myself, hey, bro, start writing this stuff now, bro, because ain't no telling, you know what I'm saying, how many books you probably, how many books I probably would have written, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, within, you know what I'm saying, my, what, eight years from high school to college, ain't no telling how many stories I would have wrote then, but I'll definitely tell myself to write more, um, work harder, and have a game plan, bro. Have a game plan, a true, true blueprint laid out to a T. And I wouldn't tell myself what fields to go into or nothing like that. I just to yeah, I just plant seeds. Like man, just really think about that type of stuff. I know sometimes. Having a plan B is pointless because it takes away from plan A. But, hey, if plan A don't work out, my boy, <laughs> hey, you, 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 like you said, you want to have all your eggs in one basket and then, damn, but my basket and caved in, my eggs and cracked. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm down bad right now. But, yeah, I definitely For just, sure. just, you know what I'm saying, just map it out, man. Really think about everything to the T. You know what I'm saying? Figure out what it is. It is all that you want to do or that you feel like you can do and definitely work towards it while you're in college. That's one thing I would have wish I was uh, doing, uh, interning. Like, I wish I would have took advantage of that more while I was there. Um, so, yeah, man, just little stuff like that. Because the best teacher in life is your own experience. You know what I mean? None of us know who we are until we fail. And they say every man is defined by his reaction to any given situation. So who would you want to define you? Someone else? For yourself. Whatever you choose to do, homie, get your heart to it and stay strong. You know, you obviously admire musicians, and as a writer, you're in that realm of artistry. And I'm curious, what was it, what album or book was it for you that really parted the curtains, that really made you think, man, this is, this is it? <laughs> really? As far as entering, the, like, the, the field of arts, I mean, just being from Atlanta. Really, you know what I'm saying? It's Black Hollywood now. <laughs> you know, it's been Black Hollywood for quite some years now, but that's the nickname for Atlanta, Black Hollywood. So the arts is, you know what I'm saying, is, is all throughout Atlanta, from music to acting. Acting is huge now. All of y'all favorite shows and movies, guess where they shot at? <laughs> right out here. It was like, it's the field of the arts. And it's just entrepreneurship as well. That's why it's called Black Hollywood. Like, just being from out here definitely played a role in that. And... You know what I'm saying? Growing up around the time that I did, it was perfect, you know what I'm saying? Because we grew up with technology versus growing up without it, and now we pretty much teenagers, and here it is now. Or just oh, Technology has always been here. That's all we, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's all we know is technology. So just being able, being in that generation that was just raised with the technology and really, you know what I'm saying, we're the front runners, for real, for real, with the technology and knowing how to, it really changed the game when it came it comes to just advertisements now. You know what I'm saying? You ain't even commercial advertisements is old school. Like that is old and <laughs> about to be soon outdated. You know what I'm saying? It's all about on your phone now. You know what I'm saying? All these social media accounts, these influencers, we changed the game tremendously with that. So just being from where I'm from and growing up around the time that I did all played a role in it. And I've always been around creatives in that area, you know what I'm saying, as far as the arts. And most of my partners <laughs> made music for the most part. 
Um, I also had friends that could draw, uh, paint, um, photographers, models. You know what I'm saying? I've been modeling as a hobby since like high school. You know what I'm saying? Been taking pictures and stuff since like high school as all as a hobby. Um, so yeah, man, just being where I'm from, for real, for real. <laughs> it definitely plays well. What what's been the best fan letter, fan response you've gotten from your work? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um Oh, it was, no, this night. Okay, I'm glad I thought about it. <laughs> so I had an event. I had an event, and um, I was vending at. And I'm in the place, in the venue. I'm just posted up at the table. And in comes this dude. You know what I'm saying? He's going around, you know what I'm saying, the different tables. And then he gets to me where I'm at with my books. He looks at the books. Of course, he's in Beijing. He looks at me. He's like, Corlay? Yeah, yeah, you Corlay? I'm like, Corlay's my middle name. That's my tag on social media, Corlay J. But I'm like, I don't know this man from a can of paint. You know what I'm saying? But he's, you know what I'm saying, Corlay. Like, he's like, like he's familiar of me. So I'm like, yeah, what's up, bro? <laughs> what's going on? He's like, dude, but we've been following each other on like Snapchat for like years, bro. I'm a big fan. Like, I can't even believe this right now, but it's so crazy. Ooh, I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> like, that was the first, like, superstar moment I had. I'm like, bro, I ain't even, I'm not even on that type of time. But it was just, I can just tell, like, how impactful it was for him to, and I was like, I pulled up a Snapchat. He told me his, his username. I typed it up, and lo and behold, there he was. I'm like, okay. I ain't even know that, my boy. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but hey, man, that's that's lit though. And he's he knew me just from me posting, you know, saying all the ads and stuff, all the you know, I'm saying content on my snap. So it was just, it was it was crazy for real, for real. I'm like, I ain't never had no moment like that. But we just he we and him chopped it up pretty much for the rest of the day, and we just kicking it. Um, he was a cool dude, cool cool dude. Right on. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your readers, everybody that you work with, but you ultimately live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I am um, a god amongst men. Definitely a different breed. And, and you know what I'm saying? When I say a different breed, I just mean as far as spirit and perspective and intellect, everything, you know what I'm saying? My whole goal about to life and approach to life and view of life is drastically different than the average. And everything that I do, you know what I'm saying, is an example of that. Um, but I'm just a down-to-earth, humble dude, you know what I'm saying, it's loving, nurturing, um, encouraging, uplifting, just, uh, you know what I'm saying, natural-born leader. All in all, natural-born leader and a role model. I am a somebody. Chancel, this has been great, man. Thank you for taking time out today. Good luck with everything as we move forward. I appreciate it, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino. We'll recover the world of art, literature, and music around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Hey.